Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mitch Farrell, this is Cody Fincher filling in. Final hour of this edition of Burns and Gambo filling in for the guys. They'll be back tomorrow. Uh, quick shout out to Zach Larson for putting that uh, nice round of Who's That Prez together. And then shout it's not out. his fault his hosts are dumb. Yeah, I know. And then shout out to at TommyBoy1963, <laughs> our boy Tom Foss playing along at home. I I imagine he, Tom was doing much better than we were doing based off some of his answers. But I uh, hope, hope that was fun for y'all. But now, back to business for this final hour. And I'm just going to intro this by saying Kevin Durant, and hopefully not taking it too out of context, Kevin Durant has no issues with all these trade requests these stars are making. I don't think it's bad for the league. It's bringing more eyes to the league. More people are more excited. The tweets that I got and the, 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 the news hits that we got from me being traded, Kyrie being traded just bring more attention to the league and that's really what makes you money is when you get more attention so um, I think it's great for the league to be honest teams been trading players and making acquisitions for a long time now when a player can you know kind of dictate where he wants to go and leaving free agency or demand a trade is just part of the game now so I don't think it's a bad thing it's bringing more and more excitement um, to the game as a fan I don't really disagree with anything he's saying I don't as, either. As a, uh, I guess, talk show host for today, <laughs> but as someone who consumes sports basically 24-7, I see both sides to it. But I will give, I will give the, the points, so to speak, to Kevin Durant in this one, because I think his situation kind of led to this unfurling the way it did. Yeah, I mean, the part where he's talking about this, how you make more money, I don't really think the NBA is hurting for money. But, no, no. Um, or the players, I feel like, are doing pretty well. But, I mean, yeah, it's not like this is Kevin Durant. You know, you, you, you committed to this deal with Brooklyn. Mainly, it sounds like, to play with Kyrie Irving. And it's not like he went to this team and says, well, they're not doing everything that I want them to do. I'm sick of this here. And he has one year left on his contract and he just goes somewhere to chase a ring. It was a lot of weird circumstances with Brooklyn the last couple of years. I mean, you know, Durant and, and Kyrie team up there in free agency. Then James Harden works his way there in a trade. And they were all very excited to play together. It didn't work out. James Harden became unhappy. He demands a trade. Ben Simmons comes in, which probably didn't make anything better. Um, ben Simmons can't shoot. Uh, he's a small forward playing point guard, just distributing because he can't shoot the ball. And then, you know, it sounded like for a while there, like Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets worked everything out. Kyrie Irving was, you know, back from you know, just being stupid and uh, not playing because he just says something <laughs> stupid. Um, so it seemed like everything was ironed out. Then all of a sudden, Kyrie Irving wants to be traded. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets aren't a bad team. And then, so... To me, he comes to Phoenix with three years left on his contract. Um, Matt Ishbia, the new owner, is willing to pay all that, which is great. Um, and, you know, you did give up a lot. It's not that he just forced his way here, you know, to chase a ring for half a season. It's, it's I think, a little bit different. I yes. don't think it's bad for the league. Yes, but let's also not pretend that this kind of came out of nowhere. 
No, this has been a rumor this for is, like a this year. This has been like our the entire year in Valley Sports, right? Yeah. Going all the way back to June 30th, I believe, was when this initially yeah. came out. Yeah. That he wanted to be traded. Mm-hmm. This isn't anything new. This is just a development of time passing. Like, right. He's requested this trade for before. Yeah. Before. Yeah. That's the proper words to use. And you know what? For the most part of it, he honored the agreement that he made in his new mm-hmm. contract. They had a lot of discussions with front office and ownership, and he committed to the Brooklyn Nets until things got bad or got worse in the eyes of Kevin Durant. And then, to the Nets' credit, they set him up with the one place he wanted to go. Sure. And that was Phoenix. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with how any of this transpired. Like It seemed like both parties were very much committed to this idea that this was going to happen if it got to this point. Yeah. And it did. It seemed like the Suns have been, you know... Waiting for this to happen. Obviously, they were. They were th- that that kind of prevented them in the off season from really doing much because or even at the trade deadline, yeah, any names like no, 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 no. They, they held on. This guy. They held on to Jay Crowder until the very last moment that they could, the day of the trade deadline, and they ended up being he ended up being a part of that trade. So, I mean, it, it was it paid off to wait. But yeah, you're right. This is something for you know last see before the season even started that we've been talking about Kevin. Kevin Durant. I mean, I remember a whole two or three weeks where every show, every day was KD watch, KD watch. You you often tweet out that picture on your on your hotkey bank on the computer oh, of yeah. a sounder you guys play on this show, KD watch. My favorite bumper. Yeah, and you thought it was retired because he was not gonna not gonna demand a trade anymore. But look what happened. But I I don't think he's wrong. I think I think moves like this do generate they do generate interest no matter how well the league is doing. More interest is good, and I think a trade like this is is perfectly fine. It's it's not like you know when a guy just joins a super team in free agency. It's not like it's funny. It's the same guy. It's There's not like, like less when, control over yeah, that situation. It's not like when KD went to the Warriors and everyone was like, "What? What are you doing, man? This is bad." And of course, you know they of course go on to win the NBA Finals because how can you not with a team like that? Yeah. So. It's a little bit different, I think. I think he's. I think he's fine. I mean, I don't really care about Kyrie getting traded at all. I mean, of course, it ends up being a Dallas, our sworn enemy, <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks. Now, and that's going to be interesting too. We'll have KD versus Kyrie, probably in a playoff series, more likely than not. Um, maybe some. I don't know if they're done playing Dallas or not this year already, but maybe later in the season. I can't remember their schedule, but that's going to be interesting too. So, I mean, even with that, you've still got two games left against Denver, who right. has been the best yeah. team in the West for a good chunk of the season, mm-hmm. and now everybody's starting to point and say like maybe Phoenix is the one to beat in the West, and you know, rightfully so. We should be having these types of conversations sure. of how Phoenix I- is now that team that you have to be fearful after of. after you go get KD. Yeah, yeah, yeah you do. Just, yeah, just you some do. Dude, Kevin Durant, he's been yep. to a lot of All Star games, all all NBA teams, exactly. MVPs, a couple of those. He he was playing at an MVP level before yeah. he got injured in Brooklyn. So I'm not saying he's going to come in and immediately be that again. Obviously, he's been out for a while. But the good part about it is that you still have Devin Booker here while KD's still getting acclimated on the court and everything. So, man, please, and, please be Friday. I know. Please, please and look, put there, on the uniform. There's, there's going to be the old argument. And I don't mean old as in like old aged argument, but old as in like this has been a conversation dating back for... Heck, as far as when Shaq 
played for the Lakers and that yeah. contract and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But that was an untenable situation. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. That was an untenable situation. There's not going to be all of this chatter about, oh, you need to honor your contract with the blah, 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 blah. How about compare it to just like general work life, right? Imagine if, and I'm not saying this is happening. I'm not <laughs> saying this is happening. But imagine if, you know, Bernsey decides oh, in boy. the middle of his contract, decides that he's got a better job somewhere else and he takes it. Is he going to be, is he going to be like, Pointed fingers? Is he going to have fingers pointed at him for not honoring his contract, or is he going to get the respect of finding a situation that better suits him and his family? Like, well, and the, I don't, and, I don't understand why we'd be critical of this sort of thing in sports too. And very recently, there's been um, a lot of support to you know um, power to the players. You know, like you know when I'm talking about real sports, especially in recent years, like guys, you know, if it's not working out, if there's something there, you just, I can't play here anymore. I'm going to just, I'm going to demand a trade. I'm going to ask for a trade. That stuff, like you said, you're right. It used to be really frowned upon. You're not honoring your contract. You are letting your teammates down. Now you're seeing guys that, you know, their teammates, when they ask out of their contract or they ask to be traded, the teammates on their team currently are supporting them because it's not the best situation for him, and they're you know the you know they're all brotherhood players in whatever sport you're talking about. So they usually support each other. But I think recently it's been a lot of you know players are way more empowered now than they have been, and I mean, but I guess the perception is is that it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't necessarily think. I don't it's, think it's bad. I don't know if I, I lean one how, way or another. I can see how it can be bad. Yeah, but the perception is probably going to lean more towards the good because who do who do the fans like to follow more, the players or the ownership? Players, exactly. Yeah, and you're gonna hopefully it doesn't happen, but you, you never want to get to the point where a guy signs a big contract, then the next year he's like, I don't like it here anymore. Well, well, I hate to break it to you that that just happened, unfortunately. Well, coming up next, the Arizona Cardinals have been busy putting together that coaching staff. What does our Arizona Cardinals lead writer Tyler Drake think of the new additions? We'll ask him next here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I don't know if this is a veiled shot or not, but I actually won who's that prize, Zach. Mitch Farrell, this is Cody Yeah, we know. For Burns and Gambo today. Only got a few segments left here in the auction community studios. And of course, we could not ignore all that was happening with the Arizona Cardinals. So, to get some more insight as to what the Cardinals have done, we bring in our lead Cardinals writer for Arizona Sports. He's Tyler Drake joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Ty, I heard you had some time this morning, but stuff has changed. So, I want to start there. What do you think of all of the recent rumblings around the Cardinals coaching staff? Well, one, thanks for having me. Yep. Of course. <clears throat> Do a little double duty, but always good to jump on, especially right now with, the, with what's going on with the Cardinals coaching search. And, yeah, uh, OCDC looks like those are those are done deals with Nick Rollis and Drew Petsing. And then now it's just kind of filling up the rest of the staff, and one of those being Jeff Rogers, who they're retaining for special teams, which I think that's a home run retaining, retainment, whatever you want to call it, keeping around. So, Attention. Uh, definitely. Yeah. 
What's up? Retention. I, I I think that would be a version of the word too. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely, definitely uh, a move in the right direction. And, and I think for, you know, obviously we've got to wait and see what the win loss looks like, what it looks like on the field. But right now, I mean, you've got to be happy with how they're building the staff. Tyler, when it comes to Jeff Rogers, this is the thir- this will be the third coach that he's worked under here with the Cardinals. What what is it about Jeff Rogers that you know has impressed these three coaches to have him on their staff and keep him retained after there's been a few changes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd think uh, eventually they'd go and want to get somebody that they want, but yeah, I think Jeff Rogers just impresses, and, and I think he's that veteran coach in that room for for everybody i mean he's been around a while and and i think not only is he a special teams guy i mean he's just kind of a operations football operations guy just with the every day and i mean he was the you know assistant head coach for a reason so i think it's it's a big deal to keep him around and have him as kind of that older voice among all of these you know younger guys and i don't think he's going to be the only veteran type coach that going to be in here i think there's going to be a mix of you know new and old and and i think that's really gonna it might have a little bit of growing pains but i think at the end of the day it's it's a good move because i think everybody's uh you know locked in on oh no the coordinators are so young the head coach is so young here we go again cliff kingsbury status but this is a different kind of look for me and in my eyes at least of just what they're doing to build this staff and, and build it you know top to bottom are you surprised at how quickly some of the members of the staff have been brought on? Or are you surprised at how quickly the staff is starting to take shape, given they just got the head coach a week ago? No, I don't think so. Just because I feel like now it was such a late hire that now it's just kind of fast, fast forward, fast paced. Let's get something done. Let's let's get these guys in the building and let's start building this blueprint that Jonathan Gannon uh, you know, says he already has. So mm-hmm. I think when they hired him, he already had names. I mean, I know... Drew Pessing was linked to him before even the Cardinals were linked to Gannon. So that alone could show you right there that there's already guys kind of lined up that probably he was looking at or or thinking about already. So it was just as soon as he put pen to paper, he was probably, hey, let's go check this guy out and this guy out. And I worked with this guy. So I think uh, given how everything's kind of transpired, I'm not shocked at all with just kind of the speed of these hires now. Tyler, what I, I'm interested to see what your thoughts on uh, what your thoughts are on the age and experience of the coaching staff that Jonathan Gannon is putting together because I've seen a lot of you know Cardinals fans online that seem to be down on these hires because they're quote uh, you know air quotes inexperienced which I don't agree with just because they're young. I, wh- what are your thoughts on you know the the staff that he's putting that Jonathan Gannon is putting together? Just, they are all pretty young guys, but they've been around the NFL. What are your thoughts on Drew Pretzing? And, and Nick Rollis coming in here to be the coordinators. Yeah, yeah, I think you said it exactly. I mean, inexperience definitely is there, but also, you know, they're getting these up-and-coming type coaches to come in and, and really help turn the ship around. And on top of that, you're having the Jeff Rogers. Uh, and, you know, those guys coming in that kind of level out the the inexperience with the, you know, more than enough experience. So I think once we see a couple more guys added, you know, I keep seeing the Mike Zimmer name thrown around a little bit. So if he has any kind of title, that's just going to add to that experience, you know, pool along with all those young guys who are going to be learning on the fly. And 
I mean, that's the thing. If they can get something going, they're, they'll be hanging around for a while because once you figure it out, you, you want to really see what you can do with it. So I think, uh, you know, it's it's always a gamble with the, with the coaching staff. But right now you get the right mix. I think something can really come out of this, you know, down the line. What do you think is Drew Petzing's number one priority when it comes to Kyler Murray, aside from getting him healthy? What's the first thing that Drew Petzing has got to do to – "Quote unquote," fix Kyler Murray. <laughs> well, I think it's uh, I think it's what Gannon told Peter King about uh, have, having him under center more. I think it's making sure he's comfortable under center and being able to show the defense a lot of uh, different looks that can really be the detriment for the defense. So I think it's definitely doing something along those lines and, and really making sure that you know Kyler's comfortable in whatever kind of scheme, game plan, whatever you want to call it, that they can throw him in. But I think definitely getting him back under center is going to be huge. So getting him comfortable there is a start for sure. Arizona Cardinals lead writer for Arizona Sports, Tyler Drake, joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Ty, I want to turn focus to roster now because we're kind of getting an idea of what the coaching staff is going to look like, and they've got connections across the league, of course. You specifically, I want to start with your piece that you wrote about potential Philly free agents that they could bring in. I don't know if you put those names in any particular order, but I want to ask you of those four that you had, who do you like the most? Who do you think fits the best for Arizona? Oh yeah, yeah. So I would say the two. I would say two of them come to mind right away. It's uh, Hargrave, Javon Hargrave, and uh, James Bradbury. Which I know the name. Everybody's going to say defensive holding Super Bowl. What are you thinking? But how about give me the All Pro cornerback? How about that? I will. I want that exactly. Guy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The recency bias aside, right there. So definitely, I think those two guys. Obviously, you know they need to grow the line of scrimmage. I think Hargrave is, is having. A, a really solid, you know, trajectory upwards in his career. So bringing a guy like that would be huge. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with what they do with Zach Allen. Do they re-sign him? What they do with the number three pick? Do they keep it? Do they trade it down? Because obviously, if they keep it, they're going with a defensive guy. And if Jalen Carter's there, I think that's the guy. But yeah, I think uh, that. And then, yeah, Bradbury, I think, just would help bolster that cornerback room with Marco. Maybe if they re sign Byron, I would have expected that they would re sign Byron. But again, that would be another, you know, number one caliber, definitely number two type uh, cornerback that you can throw in the mix there and, and really help bolster that room moving, um, yeah, moving forward. With Drew Petzing coming over, you know, obviously he was the Cleveland Browns quarterback coach. How do you, how possible do you think it is that while the Cardinals are waiting for Kyler Murray to get healthy and whenever that is, how possible do you think it is that a guy like Jacoby Brissett, who was just in Cleveland last year working with Drew Petzing, how how likely do you think it is that a guy like that comes in here just to take over until Kyler's healthy? And and would that be a good fit? I I mean, yeah, he did work with Drew Petzing last year, but would that be a good fit here in Arizona? You know, why not? Why not kick the tires and see? I mean, obviously Colt McCoy's there, but it's never bad to have a backup plan in what we saw last year. I mean, there was four different quarterbacks in four different weeks. So I think it wouldn't be a bad thing to, you know, at least pick Drew Petzing's uh, brain and say, hey, would uh, Brissett fit in this type of offense? And I, I don't think it would be a bad idea because what we saw from Brissett this last season, I mean, if he got a full season, he probably – would have been his best of his career. And it was, it was tracking that way until Deshaun came back out of his suspension. So why not? I, I think it would be at least go kick the tire, see what's up, see if he wants to come play and see if he wants to kind of be in that, you know, gap role again until Kyler comes back. But 
I don't think it's a bad idea at all. Tyler, as always, thanks so much for the time. Thanks for your insight. Really looking forward to what you cobble together this upcoming week with all these hires. Thanks for the time. No problem, guys. Good to talk to you. Good to talk with you, too. That's Tyler Drake. He's our lead Cardinals writer for Arizona Sports. Also did a lot of coverage of the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Big golf guy. That Tyler The video is. you've seen of the streaker is Tyler's, <laughs> by the way. It's courtesy of Tyler Drake, our very own Tyler Drake. Coming up next, the new head coach of the Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon, got a chance to sit down with beloved NFL writer Peter King. And he had some very eye-opening things to say. We'll share them with you next here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Wolf and Luke, middays 10 to 2. We are excited. You are. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Have you subscribed to the Burns and Gambo Show podcast? If you haven't, you can subscribe right now. iPhone, Android, whatever device you want to use. And you'll never miss any of the Burns and Gambo Show. It is the Burns and Gambo Show, and it's brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Mitch Farrell, this is Cody Fincher. We're filling in for Burns and Gambo. We've got about a half hour left, and then that's it. <laughs> so, And then the end of the show Pulling happens. back the curtain just a, just a tad. Cody and I, I, I don't hope to speak for you but if i'm speaking incorrectly about you just let me know we've never done a four-hour show before i've never done a four-hour show right before. <laughs> so this is kind yeah. of an, this is kind of an experience and now we know it's what it's fun. like it's it's definitely fun it it can be it can be slightly Boy, do burns and gambo make this look easy i know seriously because yeah talking for four hours is is not as easy as it sounds and that's the that's my my golden rule has been keep water nearby. That's <laughs> that's what I've resorted to. But thankfully, there's been plenty to talk about today, despite it being a holiday. The Arizona Cardinals, of course, been a major topic of discussion for us all throughout the day. And it got amplified thanks to Peter King, who writes for NBC, NBC Sports. His Football Morning in America column comes out every single Monday. And this one was heavily focused on Jonathan Gannon. Of course, who is the new Cardinals head coach, but is also the former Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator who was given a lot of flack for his defense's performance in the Super Bowl. So Peter King got a chance to sit down with him one on one, talk about everything that happened. He talked about how swift it was that he even got hired. Like he didn't even realize he was getting interviewed until after the Super Bowl. (laughs) There's a lot of great stuff to take away from here. And I wanted to start with here. Peter King asked Jonathan Gannon, Kyler Murray's been a little bit of a polarizing figure. How did he figure into you taking this job? I'm not going to read the full quote, but basically all you need to know is Jonathan Gannon said, quote, if Kyler Murray isn't here, I don't take this job, close quote. And frankly, that was when I stopped reading. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I read the whole thing, but that was when I stopped and took a massive sigh of relief. Well, he didn't bury the lead, did he? No. I mean... Uh, that's an immediate vote of confidence in your franchise quarterback who yes. you just paid a lot of money for multiple years to be here. I, yeah, of course, we know he's hurt. He's going to miss maybe even half the season next year. We don't know. That hasn't been reported. That's not official, but it could happen. But yeah, when Kyler Murray comes back, there's no doubt he's going to have the full confidence of Jonathan Gannon. And 
I mean, it's, it's nice to hear after, you know, all last year, it was, it was just kind of, it was so weird with, with Kyler and Cliff Kingsbury. Kyler screaming at calm Cliff the bleep to calm down. the bleep down on the sidelines, very plain on national TV. And, you know, just the homework clause and the contract and all that stuff. And it was just, it, this is nice to hear that, that, and and to be fair to Cliff Kingsbury, he never said anything negative about Kyler Murray, at least to my knowledge. So he was always he was I mean to the media in public anyway. He sure. was always very complimentary of Kyler. Sure, there and, were the reports about the straining relationship sure. and all and that. A part of that, if that's true, could possibly because the team wasn't playing well and they weren't winning, and that strains everybody. That puts that puts stress on every single person. Winning and especially everything. coming off of a year where you were uh, you won eleven games and you made the playoffs. Um, um, but this is really good, I think, for a new head coach to come in here and say, look, I'm here because of that guy, yeah, Kyler Murray. And You're pointing at the dude that's getting a lot of money, first yeah, and foremost. Exactly. He's got a lot of years left. and he's, he's the key to this whole thing. He's like their best quarterback since Carson Palmer. Yeah. And that was a long time ago. It's been a wild ride. It's been a wild Since ride. Since 2016, I think, was the last year Carson was here. Now, surprisingly, Kyler Murray being the the massive factor in Gannon's decision to come to Arizona. That wasn't the only factor that went into his decision. He also mentioned to Peter King that he really wanted to be a head coach. Mm -hmm. So much so that he's technically getting paid less here than he would have been in Philly. I'll explain. Peter King went on to ask, sounds like you were ready to leave, but it wasn't easy. Gannon replied, quote, I loved Philly. I love Mr. Lurie, the owner, Jeffrey Lurie. I love Howie Roseman, the GM. I love Nick Sirianni, the head coach. They came back and they were like, here's a new offer. It's going to pay you more than being a head coach. That's cool. And I loved it there. But I wanted to be a head coach. And I was excited about this because of Mr. Bidwell, GM Monty Ossifort, and Kyler. Again, so he solid. took less money. <laughs> Apparently, they were going to offer him more money to keep him there in Philly to be the DC. Mm -hmm. But he wanted to coach Kyler Murray, and he wanted to be a head coach. That's kind of what happened with Dan Quinn with the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. He, of course, interviewed. I think had a second interview with the Cardinals for the head coaching job, and everyone seemed to think that Dan Quinn was the favorite to get the Cardinals job. But he chooses to go back to the Cowboys to still be the defensive coordinator, and we don't really know why, but I'm going to just assume that Jerry Jones wrote him a blank check, maybe made him a promise here or mm -hmm. there, maybe if they not if they don't meet their goals next year, Mike McCarthy could be done, and maybe, maybe. Dan Quinn could be the head coach in Dallas, but we'll see. I mean, Dan Quinn would have been a solid hire. I would not have hated that hire at all. I would have been happy with that hire, but I think the fact that Jonathan Gannon wants to be here so bad, and he apparently, according to him, it's coming straight from the source, Jonathan Gannon turned down more money to stay in Philly where they just went to the Super Bowl. They are a good team. They're a very good team. Mm -hmm. And he, he wanted to be a head coach. He wanted to come here. He wanted to work under Michael Bidwell and Monty Osford, and he wanted to work with Kyler. So you mentioned Dan Quinn, and I think that's like the perfect comparison angle. A guy who has a chance to be a head coach Albeit again, he's been one. Before, he's got a yeah. chance to be a head coach again, and he opted to stay. Right, and we're assuming, based off of just how well we've followed the situation, we're assuming that he was given a little bonus or a little bump sure. in the pay scale. It's it's pretty 
easy to make that assumption. Whereas Gannon got exactly the same kind of scenario where, hey, do you want to be a head coach mm-hmm. for him the, for the first time? For a better team. Or do you want to stay on this NFC champion team, be our defensive coordinator again, and get paid more? Sure. It just goes to show what matters most to some people. I don't think Jonathan. I don't think Jonathan Gannon is going to be like shut out of the coaching cycle if he goes back to Philly for another year, and neither will Dan Quinn. They've been very successful at their roles. No, next year they're going to be. I mean, if Jonathan Gannon had stayed, they would both have been hot commodities next year when Absolutely. their coaching openings happen. You know, when Houston fires their fourth oh, consecutive. No. Co- I'm kidding. They can't fire D'Amico Ryan. They better not. They can't. But the point being <laughs> that, would be that so well, even so with the prospective openings that could come around next year, Gannon opted to take this one. Yeah. And he wanted this one. For all of the reasons that we were worried as to why other people were saying no, are the exact reasons why Jonathan Gannon said yes. And it's it, it, it seems like the Cardinals got spurned a couple times this this cycle. Oh, 100%. One by not just that head coach either. Mhm. One by Dan Quinn. I mean, yeah, and then Brian Flores took he could have been a, another example. He could have been a head coach again. Mhm. But he chose to take albeit he did get a promotion from linebackers coach to defensive coordinator with the Vikings, mm-hmm. but he could have had a head coaching job right. that would have probably paid more. And it's a head coaching job. It's one of the 32 jobs in the NFL. And the most prestigious coaching job, a head coaching job. He chose to go to the Vikings and be a defensive coordinator. But I think with Gannon, the fact that he wants to be here so much, he's going to put so much into this role. Because if you really want... He's going to care Yes. If you really want to be somewhere in your work life... Your perform it's going to reflect on your performance. If you're just coming here and like, well, I guess I'll be a head coach. I mean, yeah, you're going to put in the work because you want to win. But I think there's probably there would probably be a discernible difference between a Brian Flores maybe and a Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon is going to just put his blood, sweat, and tears into this team, and he's going to not rest until they win a Super Bowl. I feel like he seems like the guy, like he's he's building that. That you know aura around him that you'd run through a brick wall for the guy, Ooh, and I that, like that and I think that's a great thing to have. And I'm not saying any previous coaches weren't like that. I don't know, but outwardly, Jonathan Gannon is projecting that to me, and that's great. I think that's what you want at head coach. You want a guy who can inspire others to do well, and you want a guy that can lead this entire team. It's funny you say that because even Peter King made a note in his article. This isn't this isn't a quote. This is just Peter King writing out his thoughts. America doesn't know Gannon. It certainly doesn't know his coordinators. In 25 minutes on the phone Sunday, I learned Gannon does not lack for enthusiasm. <laughs> that just it it's another oh my gosh, what a huge sigh of relief moment. Oh my gosh, that warms my heart. Oh my gosh, that gives me so much more confidence about what I yes, felt yes. before they hired this head coach. Because I'm not going to lie, when they first hired him, I was like, okay, I mean, I don't know much about this guy other than he was just in the Super Bowl. And I mean, they kind of had a bad second half against, I mean, come on, Patrick Mahomes and yeah. the Chiefs and Andy Reid. But 
I was like, this is this is weird how this all came together. And I was it, it was just it was a weird process for the Cardinals. It didn't help that they were also hosting the Super Bowl and that Michael Bidwell was super busy <laughs> trying to put that game on right. for the entire NFL, not just the NFL, the entire world to see, basically. Um, even if you're not a football fan, you're watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so that didn't really help things. And it seemed like it got all bogged down during that. So I and. Again, just because he's inexperienced, I don't really think, I don't even really think he's inexperienced, but just because no. he's young or what have you doesn't mean, I think, I think, uh, Tyler Drake said it too. I think he said that to us three. He's like, it doesn't mean he's not the right guy. I'm way more excited today than I was last week. I am too. And that's I am, po- I, I agree with that. That's a positive sign for this organization. For sure. For and sure. For Coming up next, we talked earlier about the Diamondbacks investments off the field and how they're ready to go. Turns out they might be just as committed to the on the field product and a new report hints at that. We'll get into it next here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? Sadly, not much, at least locally, and there's not much locally for a little bit. Because yesterday, I don't know if you were you were paying attention, the Coyotes, that third uniform, by the way, or that alternate uniform, the Desert Knight. Just, yeah. Oh, that is gorgeous. <laughs> it was well worth the money that I spent on that jersey. It is a gorgeous <laughs> unit. So they won against, uh, what was it, uh, Columbus? I believe yesterday they beat Columbus yesterday three to two in overtime. Barrett Hayton with the overtime goal, so a great win for the Yo. It's a good two points. They're on a bit of a point streak. I believe I saw it was nine points consecutively. And then they also had Connor Ingram's record-setting first ever shutout on Wednesday against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. No big deal, you know the East, the <laughs> no East champions or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Suns are off till Friday. Suns are off till Friday. Might see the debut of Kevin Durant. Though. Maybe Coyotes will be back on Wednesday night. They'll be back at Mullet. They'll host Calgary. And then, as you mentioned, this Calgary, 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 the Flames, and then Friday, Friday's the biggie, if it really is the debut of Kevin Durant in purple and orange. Friday night at Footprint Center is when the Suns are back. They're going to host the Oklahoma City Thunder. Sneaky, sneaky play-in team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, by the way. I think they're in 11th place right now, but they're just a game or two under 500. They look far better than we possibly could have expected. And then, how about this? This weekend is the uh, first broadcast of Diamondbacks spring training in 2023. That starts this There weekend. we go. Yeah. Very excited. The last season about. for longtime radio host Greg Schulte. Yeah. Announces, we haven't even mentioned that I know. Today. He announced he is retiring after this season. He's been the voice of the D-backs since day one. Yeah. What a career, man. He's a called I mean, the World Series walk-off win in Game do, 7. Does he need to accomplish anything else in his career? I, he's Seems like he's done everything I feel like in he's baseball. Done it all. And yeah, now man. he just gets to spend time with his congrats. wife. Congrats. Congrats, yeah. Gub. Massive congrats to the Gubna. Congrats to you. Also on that Saturday, uh, the second um, Territorial Cup basketball edition that Arizona State will be at Arizona. It's a big game. Big game, not just for Arizona, but for Arizona State as well, mm-hmm. if they want to stay within the conversation for the 64. Mention the Diamondbacks, and there was something I mentioned about Ken Kendrick and Derek Hall were speaking with the media today, and there was talk about the off-the-field investment, primarily the roof, a the new field. stadium, or just pouring yeah. money back into the current stadium and making it a lot better. Mm-hmm. And then there was this. 
and this dropped courtesy of Nick Picoro. This dropped about an hour ago. He says the Diamondbacks view rookie outfielder Corbin Carroll as a centerpiece of their future. Yes. The club is taking a stab at making that official. Sources say the Diamondbacks have engaged Carroll in conversations about a long-term contract, a deal that would lock up their top prospect well into the future. He went on to say that deals about negotiations are not known and a deal does not appear imminent, a source said. But... If we're talking about investment in the on-the-field product, that is a, in my opinion, fantastic place to start. Uh, yeah, Corbin Carroll is your best asset going forward. I'll say um, this. If he wins Rookie of the Year, get that contract Yeah, signed. just do it. Like, do it. Please. And you're seeing this a lot more around Major League Baseball. I mean, the, the Padres did it with Fernando Tatis Jr. Mm-hmm. The Rays have done it with Wander Franco. Um the Braves the have Braves done do it with, it with like every, every single player. player. Yeah, every player on their roster is signed for like 18 years. Um, <laughs> Michael Harris won Rookie of the Year. Yeah, Rookie of the Year yeah. last year, and he signed a massive seven, not massive, but a seven-year deal that keeps him locked up, avoids all those arbitration years. Corbin Carroll's not set to be a free agent until, what, 20, t- 2029? I mean, if you want a direct comp to what I think this relates to, Julio Rodriguez in Seattle. Yes. Rookie of the year this past year really caught the eyes yeah. of the national baseball fame and national baseball fame in general. He really caught everybody's attention. Like at all star break, he finished in second in the home run derby. Yeah. He, he really garnered that attention and then eventually led to the contract extension, which I think is something that the Diamondbacks can entertain. Yeah. It's, Confusing, yeah, but it gives both sides a ton of flexibility in terms of their future. Like Ronald Acuna Jr. back to the Braves, he's making a ridiculously low amount for what he gives that team, yeah, because they locked him up on an early deal. Paul Goldschmidt signed a deal like that too back when he was kind of first up and coming with the with the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. He signed a, a a deal that didn't pay him very much for a while, and what this does too, and we've seen it this past week avoiding if you can avoid the arbitration process with these players that's best because the Milwaukee Brewers pissed off their best pitcher Corbin Birds because apparently they were blaming him for not making the playoffs last year in their case he said they were very disrespectful the way they went about going uh, because if you don't know what arbitration is, basically, if you're arbitration eligible, the player goes to a court and says, I'm worth this much money this year. Uh-huh. The team goes, no, they're worth this much. It's usually less. Yes. They're not going to give them what they want. And then they basically debate within a court why they're worth as much or not as much as they want. And the Milwaukee Brewers told the arbitrator that... Corbin, uh, not Corbin Carroll, Corbin Burns was so bad down Corbins. the stretch last year for the Brewers that we may, we basically missed the playoffs because of him. And he's about to be a free agent in a couple years, and he's really good. So they're probably going to lose him. That's a good sign um, that he doesn't want to come back. Yeah, so it's, it's not a great move. So, yeah, if you can avoid arbitration with a guy like Corbin Carroll and not have to tell a court why he's not worth what he wants to be paid, that would be awesome. Uh, so you're not making him upset. Um, I mean, even with but, Josh Rojas earlier, a yeah. different example, but Josh Rojas had come yep. out and said there's no hard feelings. Of course. And there's some and, separation between the two. And I'll say Mike Hazen and his and his crew have been notoriously and they 
players have said this that they are really good about the way they go about arbitration. They're not they're not disrespectful. They go about it the right way. So great for them. But yes, and what this does too, if you can lock up Corbin Carroll for a while, it gives you a lot of flexibility to do other things. Because yes. you're not worried about, oh, we're going to have to... In 2029, <laughs> I'm thinking that far ahead, yeah. um, you're not going to have to worry about, oh my gosh, we got to play Corbin Carroll this much, blah, 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 blah. You could sign him to a ridiculous like 13-year contract. 13, like yeah. 110. That's what the Padres did with Tatis. Of course, he's making a lot more, but mm-hmm. he's making a lot more than Corbin Carroll probably would. But yeah, I think this is a perfect starting point for this organization. Lock up this guy, if you can. And then Zach Gallen. Yes, Who please. unfortunately oh. is represented by uh, Scott, Scott Boris. 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 Who's going to make the most of those arbitration years as he They never does. sign those deals. They go to I free know. agency every time. I know. But, but the, yes, those are by far the two yes. biggest core pieces of correct. both sides of the field for this you team. You are correct. Cattell Marte is kind of on a, on a deal like that. It's pretty team friendly. So if you can get guys on team friendly deals like that, you should take advantage of it. And just continue to do that moving forward. Yeah. Like, don't hide from the fact that you're not a big market team or yeah. don't have the money to pay on these guys do what all these other teams are doing this is forward thinking and then eventually it's going to cycle back to the other and then it'll go back to this and blah 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 the forward thinking is you get the most out of your young guys while they're still young and then let them go test yes. the market when they get to 30 years old i do like what ken kendrick and Derek hall told me today too that they would be buyers of the deadline if they're competitive that's very encouraging if they're competitive yes. it's encouraging and what is competitive to them i'm not sure probably around 500 or within a certain amount of games of the wild card spot now there's more there's like three wild card spots or whatever yeah, it is say, now like, do you want them yeah. to be top seven yeah like so, do they have to be top seven in order to be considered competitive so, can they be outside that yeah. seven i don't know and we'll see what that means because do you really want to trade a lot of those future guys for a rental. That's going to be interesting to see. Hey, thanks for choosing us to be a part of your day. We're out of here. Burns and Gamble will be back tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock on Arizona Sports. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.